Influence Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Eckes, a serial entrepreneur and social media guru that has an infatuation with all things business related. On the show, we bring together brands, creators, and thought leaders to discuss the power of influence. Each episode is jam-packed with learnings, firsthand stories, and conversations from guests that truly have their finger on the pulse. Stay tuned as we dive into the stories and explore the impact they're making by getting under the influence. This is a Soulfire production. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Under the Influence podcast. Today, I have on Miss Lindsay Pinchuk. And Lindsay, I am so excited to chat with you because you have taken and bootstrapped a business. You did it while you were pregnant. You raised this incredible brand and then you sold it. You made your exit. And I'm so excited to have you on to talk about this because this is something that extremely interests me, especially being someone that is so in the serial entrepreneurship space. And I've never had to walk through in my own cell before. And so I just want to peel back the curtain and ask all the questions. So let's start at the beginning. Who are you? Give me the download. Give me the full story. Yeah, of course. So first and foremost, thank you for having me. I can't believe we've never met before as I was looking into you and I know you're going to be on Dear Found Her, my podcast as well. I just feel like we could probably talk all day. Oh, yeah. We have a lot in common. We do a lot of the same things. And I'm really grateful to be here. So thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course. So this is my story. I was working in advertising. I worked at the Hearst Corporation for 10 years. I was a Midwest director of sales and I handled a four or $5 million territory and I got pregnant and it was definitely planned. We <laughs> waited a little bit to have kids. I was 30 and I didn't know anyone who was pregnant in Chicago. I had a lot of friends in Chicago And we all, meaning all of my friends have sixth graders. I was the first to get pregnant amongst my friends and I'm a transplant. So I didn't have family here either. And I really was looking for support and community in this crazy time that was pregnancy. So I ended up starting a business. It was kind of an accident and it was really just for my own selfish needs at the time. And I started hosting events for expectant parents. And anyone who knows me knows that I don't do things half-ass ever. (laughs) And, you know, I had this workout and then I had an event at a maternity store. And you have to remember, this was 2010. And when you think about 2010 and what was going on in social media, it wasn't much. There was no social media. There were no business pages that even on Facebook, there was for sure no Instagram, no Snapchat, no TikTok, none of that. That didn't exist. And I sent an email to everyone I knew. And I said, I'm having this event for expectant parents, expectant moms. If you know of anyone, pass it along. And my first two events filled up at 50 people Mm. each. Wow. And people were clearly wanting community. I didn't want to go online and talk to people online about my pregnancy because that was the time when like meetup was big and like chat rooms were big. And that wasn't me. I wanted real life in-person connections. So I started hosting events and really through word of mouth, it grew First year before I even had my daughter, we were getting about 150 people at each event. And a lot of that stemmed from word of mouth, partnerships with experts, partnerships with retailers, partnerships with brands. My background is in ad sales. So I was reaching out to brands for sponsorships and I was still working at the time. I had my daughter and over maternity leave, I'm not really one to sit still. And she was a really good baby. I often say that if 
this happened when I was home with my second, we would not have a bump club because she like still doesn't sleep. She's nine. So and she's in the other room. So I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> so I was home on maternity leave and I ended up really working on the business and I started growing the business. And before I knew it, I felt like I was at a juncture where I had to make a decision if I was going to go back to work or if I was going to stick it out. At first I went back and I went back for a couple of weeks and I realized that it just, it couldn't happen. Like something had to give. And I asked myself, what's the worst that happens? What's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is my business doesn't take off and I get another job and that's it. Yeah. And can I live with that? Yeah. And I could. And so I ended up leaving my job at Hearst, which I loved And I went full throttle with this and I built Bump Club to be a seven figure year over year entity. We were reaching about 3 million people a month across the country. We were working with brands like Target, Nordstrom, The Honest Company, every baby brand. I became a spokesperson for a lot of brands. I started doing television segments. I became an expert in the parenting space. I mean, honestly, like if anyone, you know, is having a baby and they have a question, I can probably answer it for them. This was not an intended thing. This was just, I was doing it for myself and this is what I built from it. We had 10 people working for us and I ended up being approached in the summer of July, 2018 by three different entities all on LinkedIn. Wow. Really crazy because I was not one that like answered all my LinkedIn messages and this really taught me that you got to look into who's reaching out to you because three people reached out to me on LinkedIn with an interest to buy my company. And I ended up selling the company and I knew I was going to have to do something with it. And this ended up, I don't want to say it was handed to me. It was not handed to me, but it was the opportunity presented itself and it was the right one and a good one for me in that moment. And I know we'll get into what that means, but I sold it. And in 2019, I ended up becoming an employee of the company who bought me. And I worked there for two and a half years before deciding to exit. And I exited last summer. So summer of 2021. And now I am starting all over again. And I'm building a community for female founders because I want to help other entrepreneurs be successful and find the success and the happiness that I have found. And actually, one of my old employees, who's a dear friend of mine, was standing in my house yesterday. She came to pick something up for me. And she said to me, it's so wild because you are the happiest I've ever seen you. And she said, anyone who knows you would say that. And it meant a lot to me because it was a very tough decision to leave. It was a very tough decision to sell, but I have no regrets. And I know I did it for all the right reasons. Wow. I have so many questions, but let's just start kind of at the basics. So you have this incredible brand. It takes off. You become like this spokesperson for this brand and within this industry. When those three entities approached you, what was your first thought? Was it always the plan to exit the brand or was it like, I want to keep this forever. It's going to be like a legacy for my children and X, Y, and Z. No, it was not the plan to keep it forever because I felt like I had a shelf life. When I started this company, I was pregnant with my first daughter. And while I was building the company, I became a mom again. So I went through another pregnancy. I have two daughters, two beautiful girls. Everything I do is for them. And at this point, so this was in 2018, my kids were eight and five. And I knew that I could not be a parenting spokesperson forever. 
It's yeah. weird when I have like now, right now in this moment, I have like tweens. I cannot be like telling you what stroller to push. That's weird. I'm not using it anymore. Yeah. You know, and I started feeling this disconnect too with mm-hmm. the members of the community and the women who were coming to the events because I wasn't using the products anymore. I felt like I had to educate myself in a way that was not so authentic. Like I built a business on authenticity. I just showed up. I mean, honest to God, like this was before social media. I showed up and shared my trials and tribulations of being pregnant and becoming a mom. And that's how I built this company. So to be in a position where like you're feeling contrived and I felt like I had to share certain things because brands were paying us and it just didn't feel authentic anymore. So I knew something had to happen. Mm -hmm. I knew I either had to one, get investors and then kind of become, move out of the realm of being the face of the brand and bring in new faces to be the face of the brand and be the leader of the brand. Or I knew I had to sell. And I wanted to sell because I knew I didn't want to do this forever. I knew I didn't want to be in the parenting space forever. Now I have different issues with my kids than I did 10 years ago. Right before these three entities approached me, actually, I had hired a fractional CFO. And the goal, and I said to her, I want to sell this company by the time I'm 40. And at the time Um, I was 38. And I said, I want to sell it by the time I'm 40. Will you help me? And she said, yes. And we were like just starting to like, we hadn't even built a deck. I hadn't even put it out on the marketplace, but we were getting all my finances like in tip top shape and making sure things were all the T's were crossed and the I's were dotted. And we were just making sure everything was in a good place when I received these emails. And these messages on LinkedIn came in within like a six to eight week period of each other. Mm -hmm. And so I knew when they came in, I was very excited when they came in. And the first one that came in was the one that I ended up going with. And I'll tell you why in a minute. And then the second one that came in, I entertained, but it ended up not being the right fit. The second company was Some Spider and they bought Scary Mommy a couple of years okay. before they approached me. And they wanted an aqua hire. It turned out that they wanted to hire me and dissolve Bump Club and have me run events for Scary Mommy. And that was of zero interest to me. Like I did not want to start over with someone else's brand. My brand carried a lot of equity in the parenting space. Yeah. And so I actually had a flight book to New York when we kind of came to this realization and they didn't want to sign my non-disclosure. And so we ended that. They refunded me for the flight, which was so nice of them. And we parted ways. And then the third entity that reached out to me, I knew from the start wasn't a fit and I didn't even pursue conversation with them. The reason that I went with the entity that I went with was because through the process of sale, they wanted me, Mm -hmm. they wanted my team, and they wanted my brand. And they said to me, we are going to bring you into the fold of our agency. It was a large agency conglomerate that bought me. And you're going to be able to run your show. We're just going to give you the rocket fuel to do so. And that was enticing to me because I felt like I could go and do this and do this for as long as I wanted or as short as I wanted. And when it was time, I could leave. Wow. When they said that, so that whole deal was, can you kind of explain what that looked like? Maybe for an entrepreneur listening, did that mean that they came and gave capital injection? Was it advisement? What did the nature of it look like? So let me back up. They approached me because of my relationship with Target. Bump Club had a very, very solid relationship with Target, which they still have. It's still a very big partnership of theirs. They hired us in 2013 to build community-based events in their stores. And it was our first or second, like six-figure deal at Bump Club. 
And we had been working with them at this point for five years and we were their partner in the baby space. And in the baby space, you can't just like enter the space and build it and people will right, come because right. people need to trust. Mm-hmm. And, P- and our community trusted us. And so, you know, at this point, we were reaching millions of people through all of our different platforms. So it was a natural fit that Target worked with us. And then when they wanted to buy us, they wanted to buy us because they were working with Target in beauty and couldn't get into baby. Wow. And so, and they're an agency, they're an agency. So the agency that bought me, it's Advantage Marketing Solutions. And the agency that bought me within their family is called Brand Connections. Brand Connections was doing stuff with Target and beauty and they wanted to do baby. And they had never owned a B2B, B2C company. And my company was, you know, we were part content, part part B2C. And B2B was the sponsorships and the programs that we built for all of these brands. So when they came to me, that was really what they bought us for. They wanted us to help them expand their footprint at Target for all of these agency partners of theirs. And it ended up being, it was an asset sale. It's very different than buying a product, right? Like I didn't have like materials to sell them. I mean, they bought my brand. The big thing they bought was my email list. Okay. They bought all the branding, the brand equity. They bought all the social media and they bought the projection of growth. Wow. That was what they bought. And I can't get into too much of it, but there was a deal that was structured where I received, they flat out bought it. It wasn't like a capital injection. It was like they bought it. It was theirs. I got a monetary amount for it. And then I had an earn out. Wow. And that's how it was structured. And so I had to go into Advantage and bust my butt to prove myself within their organization. And you also have to remember, this was in 2019. Oh, wow. Right before the pandemic. And we were an events-based company. So really, truly, we would have gone out of business had we not sold. Wow. And so wow. we ended up turning around Bump Club in March of 2020. I ended up we were about to do a 300 store activation at Target, our very first seven figure deal ever. Wow. And it was supposed to be March 21st, 2020. And they pulled the plug at the last week of February when this COVID thing started surfacing and they did it very preemptively. And I said, we're not losing this revenue. And I turned it into an online activation and it worked. And it worked so well that they ended up renewing the contract through the whole year. They renewed it for 2021 and they're still, they did it again this year. I'm not there now. And so it ended up really shifting Bump Club from being this in-person community-based event to this online community activation where we were doing lives and webinars and a lot of educational events during the pandemic when people were stuck at home, but they were still having babies and they needed this information and they needed products. And we did an activation where we shipped 10,000 bags of product to people's homes. Get Super is an instant wellness beverage brand created by moi. So good. You won't believe it's instant. It's for those seeking convenient energy sans the jitters. That's right. We put good old-fashioned broad-spectrum hemp CBD into our organic Arabica instant coffee. 
It's probably Arabica, but I call it Arabica because it sounds more fun. Get super and our hemp extract contains all the naturally occurring cannabinoids and turpentines. We include about 20 milligrams of hemp per each stick pack to give you all the fun, calm energy, plus that true entourage effect. All the benefits without getting quote unquote high, as all of our products are non-psychoactive. Get Super has been featured in Forbes US Today and was named top startup to watch in 2021 by Yahoo Finance. Also, you guys, Get Super has helped me with my anxiety. It helps me sleep better at night. I've mentioned to you guys my whole mental health journey. And honestly, this company was a just passion and project of love because of what I've gone through and what I've walked through with my own depression and anxiety. I hope that it will help you the same exact way it has helped me. So go ahead and get your 15% off by using the code under the influence 15 at checkout. That's right. Under the influence 15 at checkout. Wow. Oh, first off, what an incredible answer your question. I feel like yeah. I went on a tangent. Sorry. No, no. I mean, I'm, I have so many questions, but like what an amazing pivot. Number one, number two, what, I mean, timing. Wow. When you were doing all this and you were structuring this deal, what were you kind of thinking about like your own like procurement of success, right? Like what were you looking at when you're like, cause you already knew you wanted to exit the company when you were 40, but how are you also structuring like, what does my day-to-day now look like if I'm going to sell this company? Or how are you thinking of like what success yeah. is going to look like for you? I was really tired and I was really tired of bootstrapping and yeah. worrying. And I always put my team first. And, you know, there definitely were times when I paid their payroll and didn't pay mine because we didn't have a cash infusion or we were waiting on money or whatever it might've been. And I was tired of burning the midnight oil and I was tired Mm. of bearing all of the responsibility and also the responsibility for other people's livelihoods. Mm -hmm. And I was traveling a lot. I do miss the travel and I'm trying to start traveling a little bit more again, (laughs) the the irony of the situation, but I wanted to be home. I was just burnt out. I was really burnt out and I wanted something new. And I felt if I sold the company, Mm-hmm. I would be able to not work as much. That was like my notion was like, I don't have to worry about payroll. Someone else has it covered. I don't have to worry about operations. I don't have to worry about HR. I don't have to worry about all the shit that I hate so much. I'm a marketer. I'm a creative. I love solving problems for clients and making them explode. And that's what I did at Bump Club through the B2B component of our business And I wanted to be in a place where I was creating programs and where I was creating strategies and where I was interviewing people and building content and doing all the things that I loved and not the things that I didn't love, which was running this huge business. Yeah. And so for me, the success was the alleviation of that pressure Mm -hmm. and not having to worry about making payroll and also Mm -hmm. making a paycheck and not having to worry about paying myself. And finally, just like getting a paycheck every two weeks that I was really happy with. That was success for me. That was like what I wanted with the sale of the company. And I never would have, I mean, unless we hadn't sold and had to go out of business because of the pandemic, Yeah, I never wanted to be in a position where I had to dissolve the business because I didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Because a lot of people relied on me and it wasn't just my team of 10. It was all of these brands. I mean, I was working with hundreds of brands and 
in the baby space. It's a really tight knit community. And I'm still close with a lot of the brand managers, the VPs of marketing, the founders mm-hmm. of a lot of these brands. And a lot of them relied on Bump Club to market their products. And so wow. I didn't want to let them down. I didn't want to let this community down. I never signed up to be the face of anything. Now I feel like when people start businesses, they want to be Insta famous and they want to be TikTok famous and they want this big digital footprint. That didn't exist when I started this and it just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about it is I became this expert on TV. I was on social media all the time, like leading things and sharing my life. And I was doing it on the Bump Club page. It's funny because when I left Bump Club, we had almost 90,000 fans at the time, I think on the Instagram page. And like my own was like nothing because it was like, I was always on theirs. And mine was just like stupid personal, like, you know, every now and then I'd post something. There was no strategy. So I all of a sudden had to like build this brand up again, right? I just wanted to be in a place where like I could be myself. I didn't have to worry. And that was success for me. Wow. I love that. So my next question, we kind of discussed this when we were talking earlier, but you made a statement about when it was time to sell the company and then it was time for you to walk away from the company. And I want you to kind of dive in there because I think those are two very different things. And that's also to why I asked what success looked like for you. Because I think a lot of times too, when we talk about selling a business, the natural response is you sell the business, you wash your hands up, you walk away. And I think that there's a natural progression of that exit. And also too, if you want to stay on board, or if you want to completely leave. So what did those two moments look like for you? At first, I did not want to leave. That was not an intention of mine. But you have to remember what I just told you was that I wanted happiness and I wanted fulfillment and I wanted balance. So when I sold the business, the decision to do that was to get that balance and to be in a place where I wasn't worrying all the time and like literally like throwing up in my mouth because of business stress. And when I sold the business, that happened. And at first it was amazing. Mm. It was amazing. I came into this company. I was like the darling of the company because they had just bought me. We were the only B2C brand that they owned. And we were like the shiny new object. Then it got real corporate. And I didn't feel in control as much as I wanted to feel in control. But my face was still on everything. And I was still the person that was the brand. And so it felt, it was really hard for me because I wasn't making the decisions. Things were being decided on that weren't necessarily things I would have done under my leadership and ownership. I will say there was a moment in 2020. And if you remember back to 2020, like in the summer, there was a lot of strife in society. There was a lot of social strife and we never shared politics on Bump Club's page, never politics, but we always talked about social issues and we always talked about social issues because we had a really diverse community. Yeah. And I was told we couldn't talk about that anymore. Oh man. Wow. It was in that moment that I said, this isn't mine anymore. And I don't know if I want to be here. And I don't know if I want to be at a company where my face is on the brand, but I can't share the things that we've always shared. Mm -hmm. So that was when I started saying, okay, I think I need to plan my exit. And so to answer your question, I wasn't happy. 
And that was the moment where I was like, okay, I need to make a change because I sold it for this happiness and balance and fulfillment. And I wanted to feel fulfilled and I just wasn't anymore. On top of it, I was having all of these. And I I felt like I was like in this like rat race kind of like, it was like a hamster wheel. I felt like I was like, there were all these problems. And I was like on all these calls and I was like trying to put band-aids on things and fix and help and solve problems. But I wasn't growing the brand. I wasn't building the brand. I wasn't being utilized for the things that I am an expert in and what I am good at. And instead I was like fixing things all day. And that's the product of corporate America. It it just is. That's a product of corporate America. And it was in that moment that I was like, okay, like I, I need to make a change. And I also had clients and people in my network that had started reaching out to me and they were like, we have this issue. Like we need some help with our social strategy, Mm -hmm. or we'd like to build a community around our brand, just like Bump Club. Can you help us? And these were projects and brands that were like lighting me up inside in a way that I hadn't felt in a really long time. The other thing was my unhappiness was infiltrating my home. And you have to remember too, this was a time when we were kind of like really still at home. Yeah. And there was no like start and stop to my day. I was working all the time. I felt like even though my kids were here, I wasn't here with them. They felt my stress and they felt my unhappiness. And I didn't want that. I didn't want them to see me working for someone else and being so miserable. And so in May of 2021, I went to my manager at the time and I said, I'm going to leave. It took about 10 weeks to come to like maybe even longer. I told her in January I was thinking about leaving and she kind of ignored me. I think that she thought I wasn't telling the truth. (laughs) I I mean, because I had said it before, but I said, no, like, I'm really serious. I think we're going to talk about this year. So you might want to think about how you're going to like exit me out because a lot of the knowledge is still in my brain and like you haven't extracted it. And You know, and when I finally said I'm leaving and this is the date, and so we need to come up with a solution and here are the options, it took quite some time to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. And ended up what ended up happening was we still hadn't come to an agreement. And the day before I was like, This is my last day, I'm taking my kids to overnight camp. And like if we don't come to an agreement, I'm gonna just be done. Cause I didn't yeah. have a contract at this point. Yeah. We had a call with like all of the lawyers and everyone was arguing. And I finally said, I don't think I've ever shared this. I love that. I finally said to the lawyers, I said, can you guys stop fighting? There's two men. Yeah. You know, everyone was like having a pissing match basically. And I was (laughs) like, can you guys stop? And I said, let's just talk for a minute. This is exactly what I said. So if you need to, you might have to put an, it's an explicitive. That's um, fine. Nope. You're allowed to cuss on the show. Believe me. (laughs) I, I said, I don't want your fucking job. I said, I don't want your fucking job. I said, I want to exit gracefully so that I am there for my team and my community. And I get you guys what you need to carry this brand forward. I built it from the ground up. It's so important to me. And I want people to be able to continue using it because it's such great information and it's such a great resource. So what's going to happen is you're either going to put these things back into the contract and you're going to pay me this to consult out or we're done tomorrow. Yeah. And that was it. And so we came to an agreement and I consulted out. So I ended up consulting for them for the next 10 weeks and then I left. And then the day I left, I sent an email to everyone I knew. I said, I'm taking clients. 
and I got, and I got some clients and that was it. And you were consulting for brands from like a marketing standpoint. Yeah. So, and I still do. So I launched Lindsay Pinchuk marketing and consulting, like without a website, just like based on that email. And then come fall, I had a website and now I consult for brands. And then from that, I started coaching smaller businesses who can't afford my consulting services. I coach female founders on how to do various things within their business. And then I started teaching classes and then I started public speaking and then teaching workshops from those public speaking engagements. And then I started my podcast, which you're going to be on. So amazing. Um, wow. So that's kind of like how did I answer your question? Thousand I mean, percent. Okay. Thousand, thousand percent. I think, you know, I, again, I, this is exactly what I wanted this episode to be. I wanted you to peel back the curtain because again, I feel like a lot of, especially startup entrepreneurs, it's always the vision and dream is to exit, but you never hear about the actual processes. And I think that even what you touched on is really interesting because I think that a lot of entrepreneurs too, there's also this fear around selling the company, number one, because of the control, but number two, it's also like, well, what happens after that? What happens to me after that? Like, I know I can build something, but do I want to have to go build something from scratch again? So I love that you transition from that into this consulting role, into this amazing personal brand, and you really kind of ran with it and started to grow that over time. Thank you. I mean, I think there's a few things to say about that. One, it didn't happen overnight. Growing my brand, selling my brand, and then leaving even was a long process. It also, you have to get to a point where you're okay with it and you're okay with giving someone else control and then you're okay leaving and whatever happens, happens because you're not there anymore. It's not yours anymore, you know? And I had to get to that point. There's like this period of Shiva almost. Like I did, I was like mourning and I sat Shiva for my brand and then I was like, okay, I'm ready. And so that was like, that's the first thing. The second thing is, is if you think I wasn't scared, you're totally wrong. <laughs> I was like fucking petrified because yeah. when you think about it, like I went from this company that I was paying myself, I was able to pay myself. And I was also like getting so many non-monetary payments yeah. as well. I didn't pay for a thing for my children. So mm-hmm. when you think about all the things that you need as a, as a young yeah. mom and a new mom, I paid for nothing and I had about eight strollers in my garage and I, you know, and I would give them to friends and there were all these non-monetary things too. I never paid for a class. I never paid for family pictures. Like all those things add up. They add up as a young mom, right? And experiences, I was invited to every play, every concert, everything with my kids. (laughs) So that was like a very big bonus, but I was really scared. I was very nervous because I also had this paycheck and granted I was being underpaid for sure. And I know that my salary, you know, because my salary was part of like a deal. My salary was not market value, but it was stable. Mm. And so all Mm. of a sudden you're giving up this nice salary, even if you're undervalued, it's stable Yep, for nothing. And I was like, is someone going to hire me? Mm -hmm. You know, that went through my head all the time. Is someone going to hire me? Am I going to be able to do this? You don't know unless you try. And it goes back to the very first thing I said to you was, I said to myself, what is the worst that happens? The worst that happens is no one hires me freelance. No one hires me to consult. And I go find a job at a corporation. Yeah, That's the worst that would have happened. I would never not work. I love to work. I just couldn't imagine not working, to be honest. But that was really kind of like the process of all of it. And that's the key word is process. It's not something that happens like quickly. 
there's a lot of processing that goes through the whole kit and caboodle with this. Yeah. And you have to take a minute to like figure it out and figure out what you want and how you want to do it. And you also have to know if you're going to sell a business. And this is probably the number one thing I would tell people is it probably isn't going to work out the way you think it's going to work out. Yeah. And I know this not just from my own experience, but since selling my company, I've talked to many other people who have. And we as a society only hear about the really big successes. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't want to discount myself because I deem my story a success. I think anyone that sells a business is a success. Yeah. Did I sell my company for multiple millions of dollars? No, I did not. Mm -hmm. But I got me to where I wanted to be and to where I needed to be. And so for yep. me, it was a success. Yep. And most of the sales of businesses are like mine. They're not like Sarah Blakely and Spanx. They're not like Bumble. I mean, they're not like those. Right, right. We hear about all the time. And I think it's really important to know that it probably isn't going to work out exactly the way you think it is, or maybe even exactly the way you want it to work out. But that's Okay. And not enough people say that and not enough people talk about it. I listened to an episode of how I built this with the founders of SoulCycle, who I actually interviewed when I was at Bump Club, funny oh, enough. Wow. And in the interview, one of them, and I can't remember which one, it might've been Elizabeth, said something to the effect of there's no handbook or blueprint for building a brand. And there's not, but there's no handbook or blueprint for selling a brand Yes, either. I completely agree. Totally. And, you know, it's what entrepreneurship is. It's making it up as you go. It's figuring it out. And that's also kind of what happens when you sell your company. Such an incredible story, Lindsay. And honestly, like, <laughs> wow. I mean, I look at you in such a success. And like you said, you're just such a role model for Thank you. how you took this every step of the way with such intention. And I got to say, it's really interesting. Again, like I'm looking at this from my own lens or from my own perspective, owning multiple businesses and brands. And I totally hear you on a lot of this. A lot of this really like resonates with me, especially with even what you feel when you were in that place of like, this is what I want to do when I'm 40. This is what I'm feeling. This is how I want to make that exit. While you were building all of this and while you were going through all this exit, what was some of like the best entrepreneurial advice that maybe someone gave you or that you gave yourself or a lesson learned during this whole experience? The biggest lesson that I learned that I applied right away to my second business was to hire people for the things that you are not good at. And for me, that is finance. And I learned it the hard way with my first business. I mean, there was like, I trust and I trusted someone that, that didn't do a good job with my books and my taxes at first. And it yeah. really put me in a bad spot and it was fine. We worked it out. I hired someone, you know, who fixed it, but right away with Lindsay Pinchuk marketing and consulting, I found a good bookkeeper, my accountant who helped me fix everything with 1.0, helped me set up everything with 2.0. Mm. And that in and of itself put me on track for this second go around faster than I was the first time. Wow. On that same note, it was really not until I hired a fractional CFO. I don't want to refer to the last one that I hired that helped me with my sale because I had one prior to that. Mm -hmm. But when I hired that person, that's when my business really went to another level. Wow, you really? Know? Yeah, I just like, I don't see things like, 
financially. Like I don't, that's not how my brain works. And I know that. And I know now that I need that person to help guide in terms of where to spend money, where to save, what to invest in with the business. Mm -hmm. When I hired that person, that was when we were approaching seven figures and it got us over that seven figure mark. And they showed me how to reinvest in terms of people and how to bring in the right people to complement what it is that I can and cannot do. So that would be like the number one thing. And I think too, a lot of entrepreneurs think like when it comes to hiring that you need six figures and you need like, no one's going to want to work for a startup. We live in a day and age where there's a fractional for everything. There are freelancers, there are contractors, there are people who will do projects. So start small if you don't have the budget and (laughs) hire the people to do the things that you cannot do. Mm -hmm. And that's how you grow your business. So that would be the first thing. The second thing would be really to never compromise your trust and authority. I was in a position where I was sharing products a lot and was before influencer culture. There were times in the beginning and at the end where brands would say to me, oh, well, we'll pay you X amount of dollars to do X, Y, and Z. And I didn't believe in the brand. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, because you know what? The people who were following us, who are coming to our events, who are talking to me at events, they trusted that I was giving them the best solutions to their parenting problems. And if I put a product in front of them that wasn't the best or didn't live up to its expectation, it compromised me. And you can never gain that trust back once you lose it. Wow. So that was a big thing too. Lindsay, you have been such a pleasure. I have a final question for you. I mean, I think that this interview, I feel like I could keep talking to you for a whole nother hour and just pick your brain all day. But I want to end this on one last final question. And that question is, what does influence mean to you? Influence means being yourself and using your own true self to help others move forward. Mm. That is what influence means. And we do live in this culture now where influencer culture is huge. We all know this, right? Yeah. When I'm working with brands, and I think this kind of sums up how I feel about influence. When I'm working with brands and they want to grow, they want partners, we talk about social media and whatnot. I always say to them, you want to find the people who are influential in their expertise, not the people who are influencers. Yeah. And I say that because... When you are influential, you bear this responsibility. And so you're much more trusting. You're much more careful about what it is you put out into the world. And I want to influence and move people forward for the better. I don't need to be holding up like a product to do that. And I think there are other ways to do that. And a lot of it starts with education and information and influencing in that way versus influencing through like an affiliate link. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I think that you just touched on something that's really interesting about being influential in their own right versus just someone that is kind of more of that content creator or looking to sell. Immediately when you said that, I thought of people that are influential, like in my life and like even in business. And maybe it's not that they have this huge, robust following, but they're people that I look to for guidance and expertise. I think that was such a powerful, powerful statement. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But I think it's important to know where you're getting information from. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of people like, and I'm not knocking influencer culture or content creators. That's not what I'm doing. Right. I just, I think there are a lot of people in general selling shit on the internet that shouldn't be because they don't have the experience to back it up. 
mm-hmm. and they don't have the knowledge to back it up. And so it's so important to know where you're getting your information and that I feel this responsibility to use my influence in a certain way to make sure that people are getting the right information to solve their problems and they're not wasting money and they're moving forward. I love it. Absolutely. Lindsay, thank you so much. Where can everyone find you? How can they follow you? Drop all the links, all the plugs. (laughs) You can find me at lindsaypinchuk.com. You can find me on Instagram at lindsaypinchuk. You can listen to me twice a week, me and my guests, and you are going to be a guest as well on Dear Found Her, which is my podcast. It's everywhere that podcasts are played. And we also have a separate Instagram for Dear Found Her. It's Dear Found Her. So you can find me in all of those places. You can link in with me as well. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and I share a lot of thought leadership there as well. Amazing, Lindsay. Well, thank you so much for going under the influence with us. Thank you for having me. 